You ready for the word? Are you ready for truth this morning? Uh, Before I start this message, I want to tell you I love you. I love you so much. Pastor Otis, I love you. I love you so much. I I love everyone here. um, And the Lord loves you. And he's for you. And he's never not been. He's always had your back. Even in your darkest moments, in the times that you were a complete screw-up, he had your back. And he loved you. And today's message, it's going to be a challenging message. I'm not holding back, and I just want to put that out there first. (laughs) I'll be stepping on some toes, but it's good because we need this kind of preaching to enter the church again. And I'm believing God is pouring out a fire and brimstone preaching revival across America that's calling people back to holiness, that's calling people back to a place of pursuit, that's calling people back to sound doctrine, and it's calling people back to unity. We need Holy Ghost anointed preaching in this hour. Amen? And the Holy Spirit got a hold of me um, while we were worshiping. And I want to go ahead and let you know it's 1044. Um, Third service will be joining us in the altars. I'm going to let you know that right now. Because we're going somewhere today. And the, the Lord spoke to me right here. And he said, the old timers got it right. And what I mean by that is the fathers of the faith that people like me and Pastor Otis look up to. And he was talking to me about Lester Summerall, just dropped my spirit. These men of God that came before us, they had it right. They preached the truth of the gospel and they didn't hold back. They preached against sin. They called people into holiness. They said, you have to look like the church, not look like the world. And they believed for miracles. The reason why I can say they had it right is this right here. In meetings that Lester Summerall had, the dead lived again. I'm talking the real dead. I'm talking people that flatlined. Not just spiritually dead. They got back up too, but I'm talking dead, dead. They lived again. I'm talking tumors fell off of people's bodies. They had it right. That's the proof they had it right. Because the Spirit of God was moving. And I believe God, He's always doing a new thing. But I believe God is calling us back into some old school revival. Because they had it right. So, the title of my message, Three Keys to Revival. There are multiple keys. We understand this. Prayer, fasting, worship, etc. We all know that. But these are three keys that the Lord began to speak to me. And I'm going to go over all these keys um, here in a moment. And I believe it's going to challenge you. It's going to convict you. And it might even offend you. And I'm believing God will have his way. Amen? I want to start with the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 15. We're going to be reading a lot. And the seed that fell on the good soil represented honest and good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Are you ready to produce a huge harvest? Are you ready to produce a huge harvest? What I mean by that, are, are you ready for your whole family to serve the Lord? You'll produce a huge harvest with your whole family when mom and dad say, I'm going to serve the Lord. 
Today we're going to dive into no compromise for our parents, for our grandparents, for our brothers and our sisters. I preach this message all the time to the youth and to young people. No compromise. 100%. All the way in. 99.9, it's not enough. And then the Lord said, all of you need to hear it too. Guys, one foot in the world and one foot in the church, it's not enough. It's not going to get you nowhere. It's not enough. 99.9 is not enough. You have to be 100%. You wonder why your kids might be acting up, why they are just rebelling and things are a mess at home and your marriage is breaking and you can't seem to find peace. I want, I want to ask you this question. Are you living in holiness? What do you watch on TV? Mom, what do you watch on TV? Dad, what do you watch on TV? What music do you listen to? How do you talk? If you're not living in holiness, how do you expect your kids to live in holiness? God's calling a family to holiness. So let's do this thing. You ready? All right. So today we're talking about the three keys of revival. We're going to go to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians um, chapter 7, verse 1. Now you've got to hear me. 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing. And Paul is so happy that the, the Corinthian church listened to him. He is just blown away by the, the fact that they listened to his rebuke and they changed. So 2 Corinthians is a congratulatory letter saying, you did it. You listened. You're amazing. You repented. You changed. You're living in holiness. But 1 Corinthians, Paul is straight up rebuking the church. He is telling them that they are a mess, that they are, uh, listen, pretty much he's telling some of them they're going straight to hell unless they change. Paul is just ripping the church apart. And he's saying, you have to live in holiness. And I love this, and this is what we're going to talk about today. So if you're with me, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work towards the complete holiness because we fear God. Then we're going to go down to verse 9 through 11. And Paul is saying, now I'm glad I sent this letter, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent. Come on, there's a good kind of pain and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. I'm going to say that again. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. Come on. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such desire, such concern to clear yourselves, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, such readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want God to look at me. I want the leaders of the church. I want my pastor to look at me and say, you listened to the message and you changed. Good job. I want that. I want that lifestyle. I can only imagine how happy Paul was because this church, friends, we're about to get there. They were a disaster. Sin was all in the camp. 
And it was terrible. So today we're going to preach truth. If you look at the word revival, that means to return. Revival is a comeback season. Somebody is stepping into a comeback season. Revival is a comeback season. Oh, I feel that so strong. You see, in 2020, we had to deal with COVID. And the devil thought, oh, he messed the whole church up, and it's never going to be the same. Well, I hate to break it to the devil. Revival is a comeback season. What is comeback? Comeback is what the enemy meant for evil. God's going to turn it for good. Come on. It's a comeback season at Calvary Church. We're taking ground. The world needs a church in real revival. A church that is what? Taking ground. We don't represent a politician or anything of the world. We represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jim Rayleigh says it like this. Jesus was not voted on or elected. He cannot be impeached and he will never resign. I'm here to tell you that he is on the throne always. Nobody can remove him from the throne. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how bad this world gets, Jesus is on the throne and he will always be on the throne. And I want to tell you this morning, no matter how bad your life gets, no matter how many things you have to walk through, no matter how bad the storm may feel, I will tell you this right now. If you love Jesus, the enemy cannot get him off the throne of your heart. If you love Jesus, you'll be able to go through any storm. You'll be able to press through in the darkest moments because the enemy cannot remove him off of your heart. Come on. He is on the throne forever. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo. The Corinthian church was a messed up church in compromise and religious spirits. But get this, they found their way back to revival. I'm believing the American church, and definitely here at Calvary, we're finding our way back to a real revival. It happened to the Corinthian church, and it's happening here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and this is the rebuke. <laughs> Dear brothers and sisters, and this is Paul talking, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to, a spirit, to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. You are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another. You quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, after, and the other says, well, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting like the people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? I love that. After all, who am I? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work. The Lord gave us. This sounds like the church today. We are all caught up in our political agendas. I like this pastor and not this pastor. I like worship like this or I don't like worship like this. Mindsets of how we ought to look and closing the door to the broken because we can't have people that look like that here. I'm talking about druggies, homosexuals, homeless people, drunks. We're tearing apart the church and we don't even realize it. But get ready, Calvary, because... They are the people that God is sending here. <laughs> I'm believing. I stand with Pastor Otis. I believe God's going to send some millionaires. Yes, Lord. But I'm believing 
God's going to send the homosexual. I'm believing God's going to send the drug addict. I'm believing God's going to send the drunk. I'm believing God's going to send the homeless and the hungry. And we're going to be the church. And we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see people step out of bondage. And step into victory. And freedom. In Jesus' name. Get ready, Calvary. Because on the left and the right. Might be somebody that you're super uncomfortable around. But God's called you to minister to them. Get ready, Calvary. The person you've hated your whole life is going to be your neighbor in church. Get ready. That's, that's what Paul's saying. Get ready. <laughs> and this time, the Corinthian church, there were people so compromised that they thought they were better than everyone else. How many of you met somebody like that before? They would have these things called love feasts and leave people out. This is the church we're talking about. They would take communion but yet say, I'm not taking it with that family or we're not going to be seen with them. This is the church. But I've come to tell you that the devil wants to divide the church. That's his agenda. If he can divide the church, he can, he can destroy the people inside. He'll never destroy the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. But he can bring down the people on the inside if he can divide them. So the devil will try everything he can to divide the church. But I've come to say, not at Calvary. He's not going to divide us. We might come from different backgrounds. You might look different than me, like things I don't like. That's all right. But he's not going to divide us. Because we're all under the same king. The same blood that washed me washed you. The same Jesus that's coming back for me is coming back for you. So let our agendas, our families, our three services. That's why I said let third services join us in the altar. Let it all come under the king. Let it all come under the king. Let us be people of worship, people of prayer, and people of love. Nothing else matters in our life as much as being known as a blood-washed Christian. Before I'm a husband, I'm blood washed. Before I'm a father, I'm blood washed. Before I'm a pastor, I'm blood washed. You don't really know me unless you know that I'm saved. If you don't know that I'm saved, you don't know me. I'm saved before everything else. And that's how you should live. Jesus is the one that brings us together. Jesus can bring the druggie and the person that's never even looked at drugs together because the same blood that set the drug addict free is the same blood that, listen, I'm going to say it, that set the prideful, the gossiper, the liar free under the king. So the first key, anyone want to take a guess at it? Hold on, let me fix this. Falling out of my ear. All right, we're back. Anyone take a guess at the first key? The first key is unity. We need unity in the church. When God sees unity, the Bible says he commands his blessing there. The command in the Hebrew means to throw something. So what is God saying? He is saying when he sees unity, he will throw blessing. He will throw revival. He will throw his spirit out. He will pour his spirit out on unity. There's a key to revival. In unity. Now hear me. Unity is not sameness. 
Unity is we're all going in the same direction. We're all different and have our own unique gifts, but we better all be using them for the kingdom of God. Unity is we're all going after the king. The second key is holiness. How many of you know we need holiness? I'm going to stay on this one for a minute. This is like the gut punch of this message. We need holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 says this, I can hardly believe the report about sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. Something that the world doesn't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning and sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship. He's not saying kick him out of the church and he doesn't deserve a second chance. He's saying get him off of leadership. Because we can't afford to have leaders that are in sin and compromise. It's a sad day when the church is just as sinful as the world. It's a sad day when the church is just as sinful as the world. If you claim to love Jesus, it's time to be like Jesus. He says, be holy as I am holy. It's a lifestyle. It's more than just Sunday and Wednesday. It's every single day. So what are you watching at home? What do you listen to? As a church, we shouldn't listen or watch or take part in anything that tears down our God and promotes sin. If you say, well, I don't think I can do that because that's just too much for me to lay down. I'll give you this much, but I I can't lay that down. I can't quit doing that. Then today, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that God becomes number one in your life. Because imagine if Jesus said the cross was just too hard for him to do. Reverse the script. We have a lot of the church. Well, I can can do this, but when you talk about my money, mm -mm. I'll show up, I'll attend, I'll serve, but I can't give. I just can't. Your money will die. It'll pass away. You don't. Your spirit goes on. And like I said earlier, 99.9% is not enough, church. You have to be 100%. It's, Lord, I'll lay down anything. I'll give you anything. And I will follow you. We got to do what he's telling us to do because if we don't, if we take what we want to hear, what makes us feel good, I can do all that, but I'll create my own little Bible. I'll I'll be a good person, but I don't want to be radical. I don't want to, I don't want to be all the way. And if we do that and we create our own little gospel, because the gospel I'm here to tell you is jump in. That's the gospel. It's leave everything and follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we see in Revelation 22, if that's our mindset, if we say, well, we'll do everything except we'll remove some of it and we won't do that. If you do that, my friend, Revelation 22 tells us that in the last days, those who remove anything from this book, listen to me today, those who remove anything from this book, those who create their own gospel, right. those who try who, listen, who are not fully given. He says, I will remove their name from the Lamb's book of life. That's Bible. 
Revelation 22, that's Bible. I don't know about you, but I don't want to chance it. I want God to have all of me. I want God to have every bit. Every bit of me. He can have it all. My family, my finances, my job, my dreams. Everything needs to be under the king. Because the Bible says he's coming back for what? A spotless bride. What is a spotless bride? It's a holy bride. It's a set apart bride. That's the church he's coming back for. And today, are you, listen to me, a holy bride? Are you a holy bride? This man we just read about in the scripture, most people believe he was a man of influence and power. This guy in the church that was sinning. And no one was saying anything to him. He was wealthy. He had influence. The leaders of the church were afraid they'd lose his support if they said anything to him. I'm here to tell you today, and this is where I said I might step on some toes. That's all right. I'm here to tell you today, today I'll lose everyone's support. Before I lose the king's. I'll lose everyone's support. Before I lose God's support. I will lose everyone's support. Before I lose the Lord of Lords. And the King of Kings. Support. And that's what Paul was telling them. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Are you with me this morning? The word shall see in the Greek means remarkable. Remarkable. You say, what about big churches, ministries, but they're not living in holiness? I'm going to say that again. What about big crowds? Arenas full, but there's no holiness. I'll tell you this, you'll see a lot, but you'll not see God. It will not be remarkable. You have to be holiness. You have to live for holiness. The leaders have to be in holiness. And then you'll see God. That's scripture. I don't care how big the building, how many people, how many followers. It's not remarkable if there's no holiness. The NFL can draw a big crowd. College football can draw a big crowd. Man can draw big crowds. That's not remarkable. What's remarkable is the presence of God. And you stay in that remarkable presence through a lifestyle of holiness. You want the remarkable in your life? Live holy. You want to see God? Live holy. You want God to move in your life? Live holy. You want to be healed? Live holy. It's holiness. We have to get back to holiness. It's our calling. Can you feel the Father's heart on that? 
He didn't come to die on a cross for us to never truly change. It's more than just repeating the prayer and leaving the service. If you're not looking like Jesus, they'll never know you even said the prayer. You'll still look like the world, but God has called you to look like Him. Where are the people that are, that are, are tired of looking like the world? And want to say, I want to look like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And that is found in holiness. It's holiness. It's holiness. I believe with all of my heart, that's the next great wave. Holiness. No more compromise. This is not just a message for a youth conference and youth events. This is a message for everyone. No more compromise. No more. No more. Mom, dad, no more. Grandparents, no more. Brothers and sisters, no more. No more compromise. If you're living in compromise, you're setting your kids up to live in compromise. If you're halfway in, but you pray, I just want my kids to go to church. I just want my kids to love Jesus. But mom and dad don't love Jesus with all of their heart. Then how do you expect your kids to love Jesus with all of their heart? Loving Jesus with all of your heart, church, is more than just saying, I love him. It's how you live. It's how you act. It's how you love people. It's how you serve. It's how you give. If you're not doing that, my question to you today is, do you love Jesus? You can tell me you love him all you want, but your actions speak louder than your words. Church, do you love Jesus? Because a holiness lifestyle will point to the fact that you do. Shoot. I told you I'm going to preach you to this altar. I'm going to go myself. The third key is sound doctrine. How many of you know we need that? Sound doctrine. There's this whole movement, progressive Christianity, even to the point of saying there's no hell. You can do whatever you want, still make it to heaven. Revelation 22 rebukes that all day long. Go ahead, try that. If you want to try that lifestyle, we're praying for you. But that's not the way. But there's this whole movement that's taking what they want from the Bible, what makes them feel good, but leaving out the rest. We need sound doctrine. Doctrine is not your hair, your makeup, your dress, or your denomination. That is not doctrine. Doctrine is things like the blood. Come on, do you believe in the blood, the blood that that conquers all, the blood that washed every sin away? Do you believe in that? Do you believe in the blood of Jesus? That's sound doctrine. Doctrine is the baptism in water. Do you believe in the baptism in water? Doctrine is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Doctrine is love, healing, and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Do you believe in love? Do you believe in deliverance? Do you believe in healing? That's sound doctrine. 
doctrine is the return of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that he's coming back for you? That's doctrine. These are our principles, and the bedrock of it is that he got up out of the grave. That's doctrine. That is doctrine, and we need it in the church. What else is doctrine? Be holy as I am holy. That's doctrine. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. That is doctrine. What's not doctrine is I can do what I want. That's a false gospel. Doctrine is that there's this place called hell, and it's real, and the worm never sleeps. That means the inner man never dies. It's eternal damnation. It's the worst punishment for eternity. There's no getting out. Once you're there, you're there. This whole movement that all know hell's to purify you, and one day you'll get out. That is a false gospel. If that was the case, the scripture would say that was the case. But my Bible tells me that hell is eternal. And it's a place where the gnashing of teeth And pain and sorrow are your constant. It's your 24-7. It's the place that is separated from the presence of God for eternity. You'll never have a chance to reconnect with the Lord once you're there. All you'll ever feel is the disconnect. And all you'll ever remember is the moment that the preacher stood on the stage and said, today is your day, repent of your sin, and follow Jesus. But you didn't do it. That's all you'll remember. And what's worse than that, come on, I'm preaching, I am preaching. What's worse than that is when you get, oh my God, hell of a shanda. When people get to hell, what's worse than that is when they're there, yes, they're being tormented, But then you never know. You might see your son or you might see your daughter and they're going to say, Daddy, why didn't you love Jesus? Daddy, why didn't you take us to church? Daddy, why didn't you preach the gospel? Mom, why didn't you preach the gospel? Mom, why were you not 100%? Why were you 99.9? That's the reality. There is a hell. And that's where sin goes. But like that pastor said, thank God sin doesn't hold you anymore. Just like there's a hell, I've come to tell you that there is a heaven. And heaven is eternal. And you will be with the King of kings and the Lord of lords forever. And how great a day will it be when you stand before the King of glory and your son and your daughter are around the throne of heaven with you. And they say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Mommy, for being 100%, for going all the way. We're here now. It's worth it. It's worth it. Who am I talking to today? It's worth it. We need sound doctrine. Heaven's real. I'm with it. But hell's real too. Hell's real because God cannot be in sin. Darkness cannot be in the light. There has to be a hell. But he died on the cross. And he laid his life down. Knowing that you would be in this service. And Pastor Corey would be preaching. And something starts messing you up on the inside. 
He died on the cross knowing that would be you today. And he's saying, don't miss out. I can work with your yes. So we need sound doctrine. Say sound doctrine. Titus number one, verse nine. Again, this is Paul. He said, we must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with sound doctrine and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. You see, when the truth of the gospel is being preached, all the false gospels will see where they're wrong. That's why we need preachers that will preach sound doctrine. Because all the other false gospels will hear the true gospel. Pastor Dan prophesied it two weeks ago. Said Calvary's going to be a place where the broken come. Broken pastors. Pastors who have fell away. You know why that's the case? Because we preach sound doctrine. And pastors and leaders who have went off the track, God will put them back on the track where sound doctrine is preached. Calvary, we're a place of sound doctrine. We say all of this in love. We love you so much. God loves you so much. But Calvary, there's no place for compromise anymore. There's no place for sin. He's given you the Holy Ghost. When temptation knocks on the door, you have the Holy Ghost. Last time I checked, the Holy Ghost is God. And, and, and sin does not have a good time around God. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Bleed the blood of the Lamb over your house. We have lost our minds if we think we will never come to church and not be convicted or offended. We have lost our minds if that's what we believe. If you believe you're going to come to church and never be convicted or offended, you've lost your mind. That's how it should be. Because if Paul never convicted or offended the Corinthian church, they would have never changed. Come on, Jesus was... Jesus... Jesus was the great offender. He offended everybody. He offended everybody. But he did it in a way that everybody wanted to be like him. It's an offense that comes through love. That's why Paul said, I never meant to hurt you with this. But look what it's done. Look what it's done. I'm not mean to hurt your feelings this morning. I know you're a great mom and dad. That wasn't my intentions. My intentions are, are you living holy? Is your household, is your church, is your, is your car, is your, your family, your day-to-day life, is it a place for the Holy Spirit to rest? Or is it not? Simple yes or no. But I'm grateful for a place like Calvary because we preach truth. I will always preach truth. We have a pastor that will pray. We have a pastor that will rebuke. We have a pastor that lives in holiness. Get ready, church. Unity through holiness, through sound doctrine, is here. And it's here to stay. God's unifying Calvary. It's calling us into holiness, no compromise as a body. 
and he is equipping the leaders to preach truth and only truth. And you as well. Worship team, you can join me back up on the stage. So those are the keys. Unity, sound doctrine, I mean, unity, holiness, and sound doctrine. Those are just three of all kinds of keys for revival. But of the threes the Lord wanted me to point out this morning, how do you access the keys? It's through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's through the power of the Holy Ghost. How do you overcome temptation? The power of the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God that draws all men unto him. So this morning, are you living in compromise? If Jesus was to come back right now, would you be a spotless bride? Everyone in the room today, hear me. Would you be a spotless bride? Would you be holy and set apart? Or is there sin in your life? Or is there places in your life you've not laid down? He's coming for a fully given church. He's coming for a bride that wants all of him. Are you fully given? Are you fully given? Hear the letter today. Hear the letter today. If there's sin in the camp, cut it out. Repent. Stop doing it. You're not called to be infants. Like Paul was having to tell them. They were infants. He had to talk to them like they were babies. You're not called to be a baby. You're called to be mature in Christ. To pick up your cross. Babies can't carry the cross. I don't know if you're a baby. A baby cannot pick up a cross. You're not called to be a baby. You're called to pick up the cross. To be mature in Christ. And to contend for holiness and no compromise. And God loves you so much. That he died on that cross. So that you could be with him. He got out of the grave so that you could be with him. He's coming back so that you could be with him. But he was 100% church. He didn't say, well, I can't do that. He said, I'll do whatever it takes. Some of you in this room, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he's speaking to me. You watch stuff that if, the whole, if God himself was sitting right next to you, you would be ashamed to turn the TV on. I'm here to tell you that God is sitting next to you. 
And he's like, why are you watching this? But we continue to watch it. The music you listen to, no wonder you can't get out of a cycle of depression and always hating yourself because the music you listen to, that's all it talks about. Or you can't lay down alcohol and drugs because the music you listen to, all it talks about is the next high, the next girl, those who are struggling with sexual sin. Purify your playlist, your watch history. Moms and dads, the things that you say, I hope my kids never are are doing that. They don't need to listen to that. Make sure you're not listening to that. Make sure you're not watching that. Because if you open the door, just a tiny crack for the devil to get in, he will get in. You have to shut the door on the devil. So, So this morning, God's calling the body into holiness. 